0: Well, it's an opportunity to come around the Word this morning. I hope you're ready and excited. What a brilliant morning we've already had uh, today, and I pray you're ready to hear the Word of the Lord this morning. You know, this is an opportunity too, um, if you've uh, logged in, to uh, correspond, to connect online. You can make comment. You can say hi. Uh, We want you to do that. We want this to be interactive. We want you to be able to let us know what's happening, and we've got people who are ready to Chat with you uh, even during the service, even while we're preaching this morning. So, please, uh, please do that. We'd love to know that you're on, and uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great morning uh, as we bring the word this morning. Well, a few years ago, um, we were on holidays as a family, and uh, we we're in the town of Beechworth. I don't know, if you know where Beechworth is. It's in uh, Victoria, beautiful uh, mountain country up there, sort of man for snow river, sort of a country up there, and. It's an old gold mining town, and uh, back in the 1800s, a lot of gold up there, and we, um, we were sort of walking through the town, and we ended up in one of those beautiful sweet shops. You know the old-fashioned sweet shops? I don't know if you've ever been to one, but they're just, they're lovely. They're, they make them, you know, very period, and we walked into the old-fashioned sweet shop, and there was everything you could ever want in that sweet shop. I mean, the walls were just shelves and shelves of jars and bags and baskets of of sweets and lollies of all... Uh, Different kinds. And uh, you know, when I went in there, I was, you know, like a child in a sweet shop. There were so many great things I could have grabbed and got. But the interesting thing was, I realized as I was going around, I was actually going to the things I already loved. And and at the end of my journey around the sweet shop, I had a little basket full of sweets. But the reality is, there were things I'd already been and had before, even if I'd gone to Coles or Woolworths, it seemed to be very similar. It wasn't any different. Despite the fact there were so many things I could have chosen, I seemed to go back to what I would normally uh, get. I wasn't sort of interested in too much more. I was happy with the flavors that I had. I was happy with what I'd chosen. You know, if we're honest with ourselves, aren't we? Uh, If we are, we do this with the Bible. When we open it, it's wonderful. It's full of wisdom. It's full of wonderful stories and heroes of faith and life applications and inspiration. But maybe like a sweet shop, we, we automatically open up to the things we love the most. You know, at ICC, at Isaac Community Church, uh, we talk a lot about faith. We talk about hope, about life, being a new creation, living God's way. You know, our day-to-day journey as believers and being empowered by the, the Holy Spirit. You know, they're like our go-tos. That's who we are. That's part of our DNA. These are our values, things we lift up. They lift us up. They do. They, they encourage us and lift us up when we speak on these things. They encourage us on our journey. They empower us in the Holy Spirit. They stir us, you know, when we're going through tough times. These are the sweets, the jars that we enjoy to open the most. But can we or do we dare to? open another jar, add another flavor, experience a new taste. You know, in the, in the book of Psalms, it says in Psalms 34 verse 8, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in Him. You know, the Lord is good. His word is good. Everything in His word is good. And you and I, sometimes we gravitate towards those things we love, yet the whole word is beautiful. The whole word is wonderful. And so as we navigate this season that we're in right now, where the world is dealing with a virus and job losses and uncertainty, social distancing and continuous hand washing and staying indoors and not being able to gather together. You know, we haven't seen this for our grandparents' generation since. You know, the world's Last large pandemic was in 1918, from 1918 to 1920, where an estimated 50 million people and possibly more died from a flu. So would it be prudent of us to open a new jar? Would it be prudent of us to look and see from Scripture what God might be saying about such times? And particularly the times that we're living in, Today, so much has changed, even in the last month. So many things have changed around the world. And I think it would be prudent of us to maybe open another jar. Go somewhere where we've never been before. And see what God says. You know, God's Word is not silent on matters like this. You know, God is never taken by surprise. And if we are going to be diligent students of the Word, I believe there is much we can receive from God through His Word and much we can learn to understand from God in His Word. And if we have eyes to see and ears to hear, there is much we can learn. And if we were to dive in and to see what God says, it would be good. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It means all Scripture, God has breathed on it. His Holy Spirit is in it. It's, he's on it. And it says, And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So in the weeks to come, I feel that we need to open a new jar. To look at what the Bible says, maybe prophetically, about the days in which we live. A new jar, or maybe an old jar with a rusty lid. One we haven't opened in a while. But I believe God has got something to say to you and I. I don't think God wants to leave us unaware of the times in which we live. So today, I believe there is four questions that we should be asking in the days we are living. And I want to cover one of those questions. There's so much we can talk about, so many things, so many angles we can come at. And I just feel to share this word this morning to you. To hopefully encourage you. But here's four questions that I've been contemplating this week. What is God expecting from us? What might God be showing us? What is God pointing us to? And is there something bigger that you and I need to understand? I think they're the questions that I've been sort of mulling over in my heart and my mind over the last few weeks. And... Studying his word and finding out what God has got to say about our world today. And in doing that, I was drawn to this passage out of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 38. So if you've got your Bibles with you, say, yes, got my Bible. Luke chapter 10, and verse 38 to 42. It says this. Now it happened as they went... So they entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him, that's Jesus, into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his words. But Martha was distracted. She was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Therefore... Tell her to help me. And Jesus answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. You know, when we look around the world, we see the chaos sometimes, the the lockdowns, the shutdowns, the meltdowns. It's easy to be distracted. Just as Martha was distracted. The news, the social media, the opinions of others that we hear. And to be distracted by the noise of the world. Particularly at the moment where it seems to be so loud. It's so easy to become like Martha. You know, doing many things. Being busy about just being busy. You know, Martha had good intentions, there's no doubt. You know, she was looking after her guests, and we want to do that. We want to make sure we're caring for people. She was focused on the immediate issues that were there for her to do. Her to do. Um, she was impressively busy. She was obviously gathering and organizing food and other things for the household, and doing what she thought was right. But she was distracted from the better thing. You know, it can be so easy to be distracted. So easy to be distracted by what's happening in the world. And we can become so distracted by those things in our life that we actually forget that Jesus is in the house. Martha asked Jesus, Tell Mary to be as worried as I am. Tell Mary to be as busy as I am. To be distracted as I am. And Jesus says to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. So easy to be worried and troubled at the moment, isn't it? So easy to be concerned. And I get it. You know, there's stuff that's happening in the world that hasn't happened for so long. A pandemic, virus, lockdown, shutdowns. Schools, not school, homeschool. You know, uh, different things that we're, we're trying to navigate. And it's, 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 it can be easy to, to be worried and concerned about those things. Martha was worried. She was troubled, Jesus said, by many things. And sometimes we are troubled by many things as well. I think we can relate to, to Martha in many ways. But where have you felt worried and troubled in the last few months? Where have you been distracted? And focused on what is happening outside of you. And neglected to ask Jesus what he wants to do inside of you. I believe there are a lot of distractions outside of us. But God himself, through his word, through prayer, through fellowship, online as we are today, wants us to stop from the distraction. The distraction that is outside of us. There's not much we can do often about what's outside of us. But what we can do is invite Jesus in because he's sitting in your house. He's, he's with you right now. And to stop and see him and to sit at his feet as Mary did is, I believe, the better thing. The danger of distraction. We don't recognize sometimes that God is with us. You talk about the disciples in the boat. When the storm came, they were concerned. They were worried and maybe they should have been. But Jesus was in the boat with them. And no matter what storm you're going through, no matter what season you're in right now, no matter where you are in your journey of faith right now, you need to know that Jesus is in your house. Jesus is in the boat. And by being distracted from this and from that, And that thing and that thing. Just as Martha was. But Mary understood that there was a divine opportunity right there and then. For Jesus was in her house. And Mary chose to sit at his feet. Jesus, the incarnate God. The name which is above every name. Is in your living room, is in you, here, present, willing, available. And Mary saw that. Mary saw that, but Martha didn't. Martha was so busy, distracted by the world. Martha was busy worrying about the things, so busy worrying about the things that she didn't understand the power of the moment. Jesus was in her house. And we can't blame Martha or Mary. No doubt there was much that you could choose to worry about, particularly in the first century Jerusalem, first century Israel. You know, Mary and Martha lived in an occupied nation. There was crippling taxation from the Romans. Public whippings and stonings and crucifixions were commonplace in their world. There were constant dangers of disease, and political turmoil, Assassins roamed the streets. Religious police making sure everyone kept the law. Informers on every corner. There was a lot for them to worry about. But in this story, amongst this chaos, amongst their chaos, Mary chose to block out the noise of the world. And not worry and not stress. And she chose to allow the master the maker of the world, to minister to her. And I believe that what, that's what Jesus wants for you and I today. That amongst the chaos, amongst the challenges that we're facing, that we don't get so busy and distracted by those things outside us that we don't notice, we don't see that God is with us. He's with us. He's in our homes. He's in our life. He's in our workplace. And that we have the opportunity, just as Mary did, To sit at the feet of our master. And Jesus said one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the good part. Which will not be taken from her. We go back to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. And Jesus sits on a hill. There are multitudes of people gathered around him to hear him. They're choosing the better thing. They're choosing to sit at the feet of Jesus, the teacher, the rabbi. And the world around them is a dangerous place. It's brutal. So they understand when Jesus says words like this Matthew chapter 6 and verse 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life and what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body or what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing. It says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are they not more value than you? Or sorry, are they not of more value than they? Are you not of more value? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. For after these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows what you need. And he knows you need these things. But I love this part. In verse 33 it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Seek first the kingdom of God. I think that's what Mary discovered. I think that's what Mary understood, that amongst the chaos, amongst the challenges, amongst the world in which they lived, she understood that Jesus was there and that she could sit at his feet and glean and learn and be ministered to from him. And although we don't live in first century Jerusalem, there are plenty of things of our own world that we could be distracted by and could be worried about that could take our attention. But if you allow the worries and troubles of this life to distract you, you may miss the very fact that God is ever present with you now. Mary chose to stop and sit at the feet of Jesus. What if we were to choose that today? What if we were to choose the better thing? What if you woke up tomorrow morning and chose what Mary chose and rather worry and stress about the week to come? Sit at the feet of Jesus. Find a space, find a time to allow God, the Word of God, to minister into your heart. What would that look like? How would that change your day? Stop fussing about those things that are worrying us. Slow down and to realize that Jesus has something to say. My encouragement for us today is that we would prioritize sitting at the feet of Jesus. I'm not sure what that looks like for you. Obviously, for Mary, it was a physical sitting at the feet of Jesus, the physical Christ. So for you, for me, it's sitting at his word. It's reflection in prayer and contemplation of who God is and allowing the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh and anew every day. That's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, we could go to worry. We could go to stress. Stress. But we could go to Jesus. We could do as Mary chose the better thing. Choose the better thing. How would that make your day look? How different would it be in your home? How how different would it be with your family? What kind of difference would it make in your workplace? If you spent time at the feet of Jesus. Mary chose the better thing. And my prayer for you and I this morning is that we make time in the midst of this crazy world to choose the better thing. To choose to sit at the feet of Jesus. May I leave you with that this morning. That in your week, on your Monday, on your Tuesday, on your every day, that we find the time To cancel out the noise of the world and sit at the feet of Jesus. You know, our heart here at Isaac Community Church is that you discover Jesus for yourself. We want you to know that Jesus took upon himself the punishment for your sin and for mine. And as we said in communion, he was nailed to a cross but rose again on the third day having conquered sin and death. And he invites you to put your trust in him. And to enter into a new life. To be born again. To have a fresh start. And I believe today, right now in your homes, in your lounge rooms, wherever you're finding yourself, maybe you're at work today. I believe he's reaching out to you today. And I pray you respond to him in the quietness of your own heart. Invite Jesus in. To your world into your life and sit at his feet it's been my joy to bring the word this morning and to encourage you this morning And i want to say grace and peace until we see you next week god bless